Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? This is Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, right here for the Thursday edition of This is America. We are 17 floors above Madison Square Garden right here in New York City, and things are starting to look good, real good. The weather's getting better. The curve is beginning to flatten, and there's talk about businesses reopening. But, and it's a big but, who will determine who opens these businesses? This has become the conundrum. And many, myself included, feel that we should never have closed all of our businesses. So what's the deal with Governor Andrew Cuomo saying that he is going to determine how important your business is? He is going to determine whether you have an essential business or not. As if he were king. I need a coordinated action plan with the other states. So one month we'll continue to close down policies. What happens after then? I don't know. I don't know about you, but the last thing I want is some politician telling me how important my business is. Screw you, Mr. Politician. It's not up to you to decide if my business is important or not. I get it. Everybody's got to eat. I look around. I see I used to be a barber. I look around, I see everybody with their hair growing over their ears, looking all rough and scruffy. Why? Because they've been forbidden by their government to go and get a haircut. Somebody somewhere said that's not an essential service. So the debate becomes, why can't I as a barber put on a hazmat suit, put on two pairs of rubber gloves, four masks, a pair of goggles, and get at it and start giving a fade, doing a trim? Why not? Why shouldn't people be allowed to take their own risk? Get your hair cut at your own risk. Go to 7-Eleven at your own risk. Go to Walmart or Waldbaums or Key Food or Seatown. Wherever it is that you do your grocery shopping. Even if it's just around the corner downstairs at the bodega. Enter at your own risk. The point of flattening the curve, in addition to saving lives, was primarily to mitigate flooding ICUs. We've since learned that it worked. And in fact, it may not even have been as necessary. Now, yes, places that were hotspots and epicenters like Teaneck, New Jersey, and uh, the great people at Holy Name Hospital in Teaneck, New Jersey, have done a wonderful job adapting. And this is part of what I'm talking about. They put plywood in certain windows to add extractors to take air out of these rooms that would not recirculate back into the room. They put up permanent tents or semi-permanent tents and built three new ICU wings with 36 beds in each one. It's amazing 
how the beauty and flexibility of a private hospital is. There's a need, they get volunteers, they get paid workers, they get the people they need, boom, they get it done. No need to call on Governor Murphy, no need to call on Governor Cuomo or King Cuomo as he's known around here, or Andy Cuomo from the Andy Cuomo podcast as I like to call him. But why on earth would we allow a politician, Andrew Cuomo, to decide if your business is essential? It's obviously essential to you and your lifeline of support for your family. To suggest otherwise is not only insulting, but it's just stupid and it's wrong. The government was never intended to have this kind of power. The government works for me. It works for you. We don't work for them. That's the bottom line. Now, on to the next one. Governor Phil Murphy gets on TV and he starts talking about things, saying the craziest things. Listen to him right here on Fox News telling Tucker Carlson that he's never even put any thought into the Bill of Rights. Check this out. By what authority did you nullify the Bill of Rights in issuing this order? How do you have the power to do that? That's above my pay grade, Tucker. So I wasn't uh, I wasn't thinking of the Bill of Rights when we did this. We went to all. First of all, we looked at the data well, and tell. the science and it says pe- people have to stay away from each other. Uh, that's the best thing we could do to break the back of the curve of this virus that leads to lower hospitalizations and ultimately fatalities. And, and I'm not- <laughs> I mean, the hubris is just wow. He really believes that he is superior to all as if he were a king clearly acknowledging and admitting he wasn't thinking of the Bill of Rights. He doesn't care about the Constitution. He doesn't care about the liberty that we're supposed to have or the fact that he's a public servant serving at our will because we've elected him. No. You should count yourself as fortunate to have Phil Murphy as your boss. You should count yourself as fortunate to be a subject of King Philip Murphy. Vete para miércoles is what I'm going to say to that, just to keep it clean, keep it classy. Hell no. That's not how this thing works. Politicians are not in charge of the people. Period. That's simply how it works. We're in charge. They're not. And every time we run into a situation where we see it operating antithetically to how it's supposed to, we have to call it out. That's our job as citizens. It's our duty as patriots to call out the politicians, postulating as something other than a servant of the people. It's literally the old adage of cutting off your nose to spite your own face. I went to see my children the other day, and they told me that they went to take their little brother from their mom's second marriage to the park across the street. And that the police officer told them they had to leave because King Murphy decreed that public parks, public spaces were off limits to the public for fear of getting coronavirus. So you're talking about a grassy plain, a field of grass where a four-year-old kid can't run around. He's got to stay inside the house or go to his own backyard, which is not as big as the park. The park that we all pay taxes for. Now, I get it. Some of you are going to push back and say, well, Rich, you're not being reasonable. What you're saying is totally out of line because, I mean, it's a pandemic, of course. We have to fall in line, right? We have to be subjects of the king. Flatten the curve. Save a life. Stay home. The kid can't run around by himself in a park. Listen, there are no Wuhan bats in the trees at that park. 
At some point, we have to be sensible and stop with all this fear. This is why individualism matters. This is why personal responsibility matters. This is why we don't need to pay an armed police officer to sit in a park that has a tennis court and a bunch of grass. I find this to be ridiculous. At this point, we now know that the data shows the curve is flattening. Less people are dying. More people are healing. But they like the control. They like the power. Every mini dictator, from mayor to governor, is getting more airtime than they've ever gotten. Phil Murphy couldn't have hired enough PR agents to get him on Tucker Carlson six months ago. But now here he is, prime time on Fox News, getting to tell everybody how he doesn't even think about the Bill of Rights when he's making these decisions. Who cares about people's liberties? I'm only a politician. At this point, I would usually say something like, you know, my dad used to say, (laughs) but the stuff he used to say, I can't say on the radio. Keep it locked right there. When we come back, we're going to get into something that I think is going to be really interesting for you. I'm Rich Valdez. You're listening to This Is America. This is America. All right, what's up, America? Welcome back. This is still Rich Valdez. We're still here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden, New York City. And the virus is still not Trump's fault. Now, a lot of you listening right now have received your Trump check in the mail, whether it's an advance on your taxes, whether it's a stimulus, whether it's an economic impact rescue, whatever we're calling it. A lot of people got these checks in the mail yesterday, today, this week, and they'll continue to get them. Not something I support. I don't think we needed them. I think everybody would much rather work. I think everybody would much rather conduct business and do what they do to make money. But nonetheless, here we are. But if we listen to the media, we would think that, yes, this is all Trump's fault. Everything that's happening is related to the virus, and the virus, in fact, is, they should call it the Trump virus. Why? Because people really believe that Donald Trump is to blame for absolutely everything. And all it takes is one interesting, extremely biased headline in a Sunday report in the New York Times to sway all of the media for the whole week. And that's exactly the problem with the media, that all they do is blame Trump. Whatever happened to taking personal responsibility for the things that happen? Why not agreeing to the facts? Facts matter. And I always talk about facts mattering, and I always tell you where to go, justfacts.com, justfacts, F-A-C-T-S dot com, justfacts.com. And this week's Just Facts, if you're signed up, you know exactly what I'm talking about, but if you haven't signed up for their free updates when they put out new um, facts, and these are all primary sourced pieces of information, the facts they're giving you are not second and third hand, they get it directly from the source and they give it to you so you can decide. So definitely go to justfacts.com slash rich. That's justfacts, F-A-C-T-S dot com slash rich, R-I-C-H. And the one they're talking about this week is none other than our favorite congresswoman from the 14th district in New York, from the Bronx and Queens, AOC, all out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And man, I don't know what we would do without her to poke holes in her argument, to look at all the things that she does and says that are wrong. But she's back, and she's at it again. This time, she's on The View. And she says that everybody wants to fight against socialism until they've been personally affected. 
Listen to this. Suddenly, everyone's a socialist. Even Republicans are on board with some of these uh, measures, things like paid sick leave, unemployment insurance, free testing and health coverage. It's interesting, isn't it, how they've all come on your team all of a sudden. What do you think will be the longer term effects of the Democratic Socialist agenda? Well, you know, I, I think it's a it, it is a funny moment because everyone wants to fight against these policies until they've been personally impacted. And we've seen this not just economically, but we've also seen it in terms of social rights as well. You know, there are so many people that were against um, LGBT marriage equality until they realized, oh, wait, my friend, my my son, my daughter, my my, you know, my loved ones have come out of the closet. And I think that kind of vulnerability that personal uh, vulnerability really brings a, a lot of people around. And what we're seeing right now is that guaranteeing healthcare in this country is not about giving charity to people. It affects all of us. So Joy Behar from The View says to her things like paid sick leave, unemployment, free testing, health coverage. It's interesting, isn't it? And then she responds what, you know, I think it's funny. And, and you just heard her, but I mean, I don't think it's funny. I think it's funny that she thinks that the government is here to take care of her. I think it's funny that she thinks she can stay home and point the finger at everybody, but people in her district are dying in record number. She's facing re-election. I mean, she's been in Congress for two years. Do you think she's done anything to make sure people have PPE? Do you think she's done anything to hold Andrew Cuomo to task when he knew he didn't have enough ICU beds and did nothing about it? And she did nothing about it? Yet everybody wants to blame Trump. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. What have you done, AOC? What have you done to ensure that there's more PPE? What have you done to ensure that there are enough hospital beds, enough trained critical care nurses, trained respiratory therapists? I know. Nada. No hiciste nada, mija. You haven't done a damn thing. But she's very happy to include her thoughts on LGBT marriage and equality. Oh, wait, and make all of these things about her sons, friends, daughters, whatever. I say to her, look in the mirror, boo. Look in the mirror, sis. Do something right. Take care of the people that are dropping dead by the dozens in your district. Wake up. But if that weren't enough, she continues to call this racist virus and inequitable and all sorts of things like that. Here's AOC saying that the coronavirus hits low-income families more than others because of systemic inequality, and it's the government that needs to fix this. Check this out. You know it's not a coincidence? The fact that the Bronx has one of the highest asthma rates in the United States states and that a lot of that has to do with environmental inequities that we that oftentimes just look at flint just look at baltimore just look at the bronx that public policy has polluted these communities has poisoned air and poisoned our water and that is what is creating uh, the large scale pre-existing conditions that are making our communities much more vulnerable than others and so while yes you 
know, if you're smoking, you should consider to stop. And that goes for everybody. At the end of the day, that's not why there is such a high incidence of coronavirus that is impacting these communities disproportionately. It is systemic inequality. And we have to take responsibility for those inequities. And we have to make sure that we respond to it, not with a personal choice, but with public policy. So AOC could talk about Baltimore. She could talk about Flint, Michigan. But what she doesn't seem to be talking about again is Elmhurst, Queens, is Jackson Heights, is the BX, the boogie down. Nada. Silencio. I don't hear anything coming out of AOC talking about how she's going to help these people, how she's going to promote laws that are going to ensure that governors are held to these tasks of making sure they have enough equipment to take care of people. Instead, she wants to poke more holes and suggest that it's a coincidence. She's been talking about the asthma rate in the Bronx forever. Instead of doing something to fix it, and I mean really fix it, she turns her back on the people and embraces her big, monstrous Green New Deal, which costs more money than God's even got to implement, and every opportunity she's had to implement it has failed miserably. Not even the Democrats will get on board with that. They'll talk about it, but they definitely won't vote for it. Hmm, that's a head-scratcher. I wonder why. I'll tell you why. It's very clear why. It's a losing proposition that's literally impossible to implement. It's just like Cuomo deciding if your business is essential or not. AOC wants to decide if your building's good enough. Instead of helping people heal, doing things to help people breathe better, no, she wants to destroy buildings and make eco-friendly buildings, Green New Deal-friendly buildings. That's going to help little kids breathe better. I think we're at a fundamental difference of opinion there. She's in a unique position and has a tremendous opportunity to have influence over city officials, and she neglects it to focus solely on socialistic national issues to promote her own career leaving her constituents trailing in the dust. And that's a damn shame. Blaming the coronavirus for affecting people that are black and brown, black and brown, that's all you hear, black and brown. It's not Trump's fault. It's not the government's fault. And chastising the Surgeon General for making comments about it, well, that's just wrong too. And listen to this. We only started talking about, uh, you know, taking personal responsibility over contracting coronavirus uh, when we started talking about black Americans contracting it at a higher rate. Um, obviously, there are certain things we can do to make sure that pre-existing conditions uh, don't exist. But ultimately, it's inequity. That's the pre-existing condition. It's the inequality. That's a pre-existing condition. And you can't just go to someone and tell them, hey, you should have had health care this whole time when you're working, you know, when you're working an hourly job and your employer doesn't give it to you. You know, a lot of these pre-existing conditions have to do with uh, the inability to access quality health care, the, inab- the inability to afford quality health care, because we live in a country that continues to have a for profit um, health care system, unlike the rest of the developed world. And we talked about this in the last episode of This is America. How the virus isn't racist, and it's not Trump's fault either, but it gives Democrat politicians so much to talk about. It lets them do what they love to do, point fingers, blame other people, and tax and spend their way out of anything. 
never taking responsibility, never shrinking the size of government, and never ever assuming personal responsibility for anything. No thanks, I'll pass. Now keep it locked right there because when we come back, I want you to hear what Joe Biden had to say because it seems he's been drinking that AOC Kool-Aid. I'm Rich Valdez. You're listening to This Is America. This is America. All right, stealing a page from my homegirl, La Loca. Dímelo, mi gente, right? That's always her open. What's up, my people? Welcome back to This Is America. I am Rich Valdez. We're still here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden, right here in New York City at the world-famous WABC Radio. Big shout-out to all of the great patriots that are here during this time of coronavirus, like uh, Rich Samantha, who may not be right here on the front lines, but he's definitely behind the scenes making sure that this stuff sounds great. So big shout-out to him and the whole WABC crew. Now, check it out. If you have any beef with any of us, hit us up on Twitter. We love to hear from you, and I, I personally enjoy going back and forth with the people that disagree with me. I'm at Rich Valdez on Twitter, at Rich Valdez with an S, and that's on all social media. You can get me there. Or you can check out our website where you can listen to the very first episode of This Is America, as well as any articles and opinions that we share. Everything is on the website at richvaldez.com. That's therichvaldez.com. Check it out when you get a chance. But as promised, Vice President Joe Biden, the now presumptive nominee because AOC's communist sympathizing grandpa, Abuelo Bernie Sanders, Bolshevik Bernie, has decided to bail out. As such, we now welcome Beijing Biden to the mix. And Beijing Biden has positioned himself as the moderate, as the grown-up in the room, as the Obama extension, whatever you want to say, that's what he's calling himself. He's the anti-Bernie Sanders, the anti-Elizabeth Warren. But wait, there's more. Because now, apparently, he's also on the let's pedal inequity bandwagon. Joining the chorus with AOC and Ilhan Omar and all the rest of the crazies, the all-out crazies all across America that believe that life is based on one inequity after another, not one opportunity after another, not one opportunity to succeed after another, but one big inequity after the next. That's right. The white guy from Delaware, who's really never had a job or owned a business, but has worked on the public's dime his whole career. And the guy's almost 80. The guy that was a congressman, a U.S. senator, nominee for president, or I should say candidate for president, then vice president of the United States, and now running again and will be the nominee for president. Doesn't know where he is, doesn't know who his wife is, doesn't know who his sister is. But Beijing Biden and his clan of influence peddlers are at it again saying that inequity is at the root of everything in the time of coronavirus. Listen to this. I truly believe we're going to come out of this stronger. The band-aids sort of been ripped off. The people have exposed the inequities that exist have been exposed in ways that people didn't even want to look at before. All of a sudden, people are realizing that person who keeps the storm sewer open and keeps your basement from flooding deserves a thank you and deserves a fair wage. All of a sudden, people are figuring out that waitress who, in fact, served you every day is in real trouble now. And she deserves or he deserves to be able to be taken care of. All of a sudden, people are realizing nurses, if there's any angels in heaven, they're all nurses, male and female. 
that they, in fact, what they do every single day. Cops on the street, firefighters, people, I think we have a chance. We have a chance to take up or take advantage of what we've seen and make it better, better going in the future. I really believe that. Now, I can't help but laugh. Beijing Biden, sleepy, creepy Uncle Joe Biden, who has, uh, I got hair on my legs. I got blonde hairs on my legs. And he likes to sniff people. He now believes, because he's drank that Kool-Aid, that yes, inequity is the new opportunity. Putting on his glasses, black and brown, one at a time. Looking at life through the lens of what's wrong with America not what's right with America. Seeing America as a place that is broken and holds people back instead of seeing America for what we truly are, which is a land of opportunity, land of the free and home of the brave. I reject everything that Joe Biden is saying here because he's flat out wrong. I did grow up in a family where food was sometimes scarce. I've seen poverty firsthand. Yes, there were people that were more poor than we were. And there were plenty of people that had more wealth than we did. My family didn't even own a car till I was like six years old. And it didn't last that long. It was difficult to maintain financially. I think by 1986, we had already gotten rid of it. I know what it's like to see a truck from the government, USDA, whatever it was, pull up and start giving out these blocks of orange government cheese under Reagan's program where they just gave it out because he bought it off the farmers because they had surplus. You didn't even have to be on welfare. They would just give it out. I lived through that. That's probably why I'm a little bit rotund, if you will. When you know how to skip a few meals, you know how to pile it on thick for the winter. My point is, I've seen good days and I've seen bad days. I've had days where I know if I need to make a certain amount of money, I could just open my barbershop for more hours and get more customers. And if I provided a service that was good enough, I'd get more customers, get more word of mouth, and I'd make more money. That's called opportunity. And that's coming from a brown guy, quote unquote. That wasn't inequality. That wasn't inequity. That was opportunity. That was capitalism. That is America. So let that sink in for a minute. And to you, Mr. Biden, shame on you for not understanding what America's really all about. Shame on you for misrepresenting how you've lived your own life. Never, ever, ever partaking in the free market, except when you were selling influence through your brother or your son. Shame on you for betraying America. And to everybody else, you've got to stand for something. If you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. That's Hamilton. And remember, the only thing that stops evil from triumphing is good people like you who will stand up and do something about it. And that's an adaptation of Sir Edmund Burke. So I say... Go for it. Do something. Know something. Read something. Be prepared. The best is still yet to come. So until next time, America, I'm Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. 